0: Welcome to Education Matters, presented by the Public School Forum of North Carolina. I'm your host, Marianne Wolf. Today, we are absolutely thrilled to be joined by North Carolina's finest, the Regional Teachers of the Year. These include Eugenia Floyd, who is also the 2021 Burroughs Welcome Fund North Carolina Teacher of the Year, who is from Chapel Hill, carborough City Schools. Susanna Serrato, who is from Asheville City, Nicole Rivers from Cumberland County, Jennifer Bryan from Brunswick County, Erin Ellington from Watauga County, Kelly Poquet from Alamance, Burlington, Jennifer Atkinson from Edenton, Shawan, Cecilia Sizo Robertson from Charlotte Mecklenburg, and Jeremy White from Westlake Preparatory Academy. Welcome everyone. There are so many things we want to ask them. As always, we want to ask teachers, but especially this year, but we really just want to start out hearing how are teachers doing and what do teachers need right now? CC, I'd love to start with you.
1: We are doing as well as we can be doing in the time given, um, but I think what goes without saying is that everything that we're doing right now is for students, and that's always true, but I think that's especially true right now. We're able to see that students' lives and families' lives have been impacted by this pandemic in really serious ways, both academically, socio-emotionally. And so we've really um, had to really tap into those elements of supporting our students as well. So I would say that we're exhausted, but we're fulfilled with being able to be supports and um, people that are nurturing for all of the students in the state of North Carolina.
2: We are, you know exhausted, um, but pushing forward and always wanting to do more, always wanting to give um, the best because that's what our students deserve. What I would say that teachers need right now is to feel seen and to feel heard. Um, I feel that the culture and climate right now maybe isn't the most it's not advantageous for that right now. And I feel that a lot of times it's just because people don't know. And um, we just were very privileged to have a conversation last night with um, the folks at Burroughs Welcome Fund. And if you're looking for the positive, these are folks who are listening and who are acting on our words. They are hearing us, we are the voice. And um, so I just, uh, you know, while we are exhausted and while we feel defeated at times, there are little tiny glimpses of that positive, and I just feel very privileged to have access to those people. Therefore, um, it energizes us and our team to continue on with the work that we are doing. We know that getting voices from the folks who are watching this show are so important because we are able to pass that on and and it might be slow and we might not see it happen overnight, although we want to. it's happening, it's working. And so we're gonna to continue to do as much as we can for that. So um, I would say that um, teachers need a lot of things right now and, and we're, we're trying, we're doing our best.
3: Teachers are, they are tired, but we are also, I feel like more determined than ever to make a difference. Um, and just um, being with colleagues, like my, my teammates here in front of us, um, being um, present, with uplifting, um, uplifting colleagues that help help um, and, empower um, educators and elevating our students because we are seeing that throughout this pandemic, um, things have been revealed that were not issues before. And so as teachers, we're doing groundwork um, that hasn't been done in centuries, you know, um, and making a change. We have the opportunity right now to Completely transform education, and that's invigorating to lots of educators who are very passionate about, about where we are right now.
0: How have the needs of educators, students, and family changed? Um, so we would love to hear
4: about those challenges and opportunities, and um, I'm going to start with Susanna. I teach third grade here at Iwer Jen's Jones Elementary in Asheville City Schools. And certainly, from the perspective of a third-grade teacher, it, what continues to loom over so many educators right now is the pressure of assessment and accountability, and the impending um, EOG and you know benchmark assessments that we're you know we're beginning them a week from now, and pushing through um, despite this, as have been mentioned before the emotional, the lack of emotional stamina, the lack of physical stamina, the increase in stress. Um, My desire is for us to continue. And I certainly intend to do this as educators to focus on the emotional needs um, of the child prior, before we we put all of our energy into the one basket of assessment. And, you know, especially again, in third grade, um, there's a lot of pressure to Um, show achievement in one or two particular ways. I think that if we could manage to get to the finish line with increased emotional, physical, and intellectual stamina, um, an increased awareness of community and how we can support one another as the context of learning has changed so much, and if we could continue nurturing community relationships and family relationships, then we will have reached a finish line that shows success. I, I'll admit to have a lot of, you know, I, I, I have a lot of anxiety about how teachers will be evaluated based on these assessments. I have a lot of um, concerns about how curriculum or the structure of learning could continue to change based on that data instead of based on these priorities around social emotional learning, community building, emotional resilience. My priority is to continue to push that narrative of it's not about loss, it's about building back a stamina, both as people, as communities, um, and that includes teachers. I mean, I think our emotional stamina has been threatened also in, in incredible ways.
5: I think one of the prime opportunities that we have as teachers and leaders in, in education is to reshape how we are assessing kids. and I, so I. Like I said, I teach kindergarten. And um, I think we have a prime opportunity to explain better to parents about what really goes on in a school day. Um, and I know one of the challenges having been in the pandemic was I had a lot of, of my parents who thought they were doing the best, they were doing the best they could. And so when they got to Kinder and I started explaining to them. What was going on? They weren't sure if this was the new normal because of the pandemic. Is this how kindergarten has always been? It's. I think we have a great opportunity between parents and educators to kind of hit a reset button on communication. Um, that if we can establish that foundational piece of it very early on, then by the time they're getting to the third grade and they're and we're rethinking assessments, we will have um, we'll have buy-in because we've included them in on the, the understanding of what needs to happen. The, the wording of challenges and opportunities go hand in hand because we have been given an, a great opportunity with this challenge to really rethink how we do education.
3: Going back to again to the emotional piece, you know, when you look at how much that affects um, a child and their development, you know, when you look at emotions, emotions matter. It affects for students, it affects teachers, it affects families, you know, it affects performance, it affects health, it affects well-being, it affects relationships, and so if we're not, if we're not looking out for our teachers well-being with emotions that affects relationships that we need to make with our children and it it affects attention it affects memory it affects learning Um, it affects decision making so when you're thinking about the adults that are involved with our children whether it be family or at school you know your emotions play part into that and it's something that we really got to pay attention to And the other thing is that I think over time, we really have changed how we teach to address the changing times, but we haven't changed necessarily how we assess or grade. Um, And I just think this is is a golden opportunity. In the Northeast, we've really been working on grading equity and how we can transform that within, you know, within our region and looking at practices from over 100 years that haven't truly worked, you know, and so this is a time now to truly make um, a child's education equitable and give everyone that chance that they need.
1: I've been really inspired by our students' thirst for knowledge. I think um, there has been the narrative that our students are behind, which I would like to challenge because that hurts our kids. Like if we talk about, I mean, so many of us are talking about the trauma that our kids have. And one of those traumas is being told that they are behind. Who are they behind? What are they behind? And so I think that is one that, that's really troubling to me. Uh, but then I think of how much opportunity we have from that is that our students, my students particularly, are are thirsting for knowledge. I teach eighth grade math. And so my students know that they have struggled. Virtual learning and math was hard for them. And so they're coming in this year and they're seeing these topics that they, they saw last year, but they didn't understand. And they are so empowered to be like, oh, I know that now. That was easy. I can't believe I didn't know that. But I think an opportunity that we have that we're missing is really engaging student voice in what what can be done with education. Our students were the ones that sat behind screens and learned from us virtually, and they had experiences that are meaningful. And I don't think enough has been done to delve into those experiences. What worked well? What was it that was so challenging? And we have so much to learn from our students who have gone through virtual learning that it is a huge misstep for us not to take that opportunity. After the break, we'll be back with more of our Regional
0: Teachers of the Year.
5: Education Matters is brought to you each week in part by Town Bank, serving others, enriching lives.
0: Welcome back to Education Matters. We're thrilled to have our Regional Teachers of the Year with us. We have had a lot of different legislation and policies introduced this school year, but also in the past few years that affect your work and what you do every day. What do you think has been the most impactful, good and bad, and what other advice do you have for leaders across the state?
6: Jenny? I'll start off with the fact that uh, down here in Brunswick County, um, I teach AP U.S. History at South Brunswick High School, but I'm also our lead uh, social studies, 912 social studies teacher for our district. And so what has been impacting me and my colleagues um, quite a lot over the past uh, six months or so has been the adoption of the new social studies standards, which actually happened Um, last summer, during the summer of 2020. um, But with the adoption of those new standards, that has required uh, local curriculum development. And so I, together with my colleagues, have been working um, hard on developing new local curriculum for those standards. Um, That has taken a lot of our, our time and attention. And I know that Districts across the state are in the process of doing that same work, and this isn't just 9-12 standards; this is K-12 standards. There has been some exciting work and some exciting partnerships happening around the state, particularly in the Sandhills region. Um, Those districts have pulled their resources and are working together to create a regional social studies curriculum K-12, which I think is phenomenal. I think it's a great use of resources and a way to have uh, some consistency throughout the region while also Keeping the curriculum development at the local level. So, I've been really encouraged by innovative work like that. That work was, we, you know, was, it was kind of up in the air for a bit because there was uh, language in one of the versions of the budget that would have actually delayed those social studies standards. But once the final budget came out, uh, we've been able to, to continue moving forward with that work. So, in addition to the social studies standards, um, of course, another big thing impacting us all. Um, is the release of the budget. Um, Having a budget adopted back in November um, was huge. Lots of important legislation impacting us. Um, I was really um, happy to see increased funding for school psychologists. Um, 115, I believe, uh, psychologist positions created. Um, Again, increased compensation for low wealth districts. Um, Some bonuses that I know will be appreciated, but there's still some things that I think I was, I was hoping to see, but didn't see. Um, I am expecting, I'm in my third trimester of pregnancy. Um, one thing that was in the house version of the budget was eight weeks of paid parental leave uh, for teachers, and that didn't make it into the final budget. Um, master's pay uh, still has not been reinstated. So uh, there were some, I think, um, things to celebrate from the budget, but also some, some shortcomings that I hope we'll see some movement on in the upcoming short session.
0: What do you wish the general public knew about public education and about being an educator? And Jeremy, I'd love to start with you and several others want to join in as well.
5: We have a great job. We, we, we have the ability to make relationships with our community and with the kids that we teach. We have the privilege to get to know some of these kids more than even their own family members get to know them. Um, and I'll just say, from a personal standpoint, what I would love for the the wider community to realize about teachers as well is, um, you don't have to see your first male teacher in middle school, and you don't have to see your first male teacher in high school or in college. You don't have to see um, a black male as just a coach or in, in an administrative or authoritative role. They, we, we, we teach younger grades. I do get. I do get a little bit happy and sad when I tell people I teach kindergarten and they immediately, oh my goodness, I don't know how you do it. How do you do that? But then, you know, in the same breath, it's the same um, idea of, well, why aren't you doing more? Well, I have 24 babies. Well, you don't have a teacher assistant? No, I don't. Well, how can you, no, I, I do what I can because I love it. Like I, I don't, I'm, I, I kind of, It's, it's been interesting um, you, you enjoy answering the question earlier in your career, and then you kind of get tired of it because you're like, well, if all of you are asking the same question, why hasn't anything changed? Why do we only look at educators as predominantly women? Why do we only look at educators as um, the, the second income? Why do we only look at educators as not being the breadwinner? Why is it okay for us to be able to, to martyr ourselves and get a pat on the back. Why is it that in our industry, when we ask to be compensated more or to receive more for our knowledge and our skills, we are being told to stop complaining. Even though every other business that I have been around, you ask for what you are worth and that is the norm. So I think it's, I think it's very interesting. I have gotten personally, a little exhausted with being asked, so when are you becoming a principal? No, I am a kindergarten teacher. I am a master expert kindergarten teacher, and I would like there to be a way for me to grow and continue to be a master kindergarten teacher because these kids in these four walls need me because I don't know when is the next time they are going to have a Black male kindergarten teacher. You are telling me that I'm doing my job so well and you want to remove me from being a master educator kindergarten teacher. So I'm sure some of our other, uh, my other teammates can have different personal uh, reasons for what they would say to the public. But I know coming as a Black male kindergarten teacher, I w- would implore the public, it is a great job. And and these kids need to be able to see a Black male this young, not, not thinking it's something far off, not seeing them only in authoritative roles.
0: Cece, what do you wish the general public knew about public education or being an educator?
1: I wish there was more of a sense that we're all in this together. Um, we do our jobs because we love your kids, and that's it. Um, I come to work, I I was so excited to go back to school this morning to see the, the people that bring me joy and to hear about their times with their families over break, and then to share our space together again. And if you are ever, and the teachers that are teaching right here, we're here to stay. Because if there were ever a time to leave education, that just happened. So we made it through, we're here, and we're not going anywhere. And I think the more there's, so much media and even in the news, so I teach in Charlotte Mecklenburg schools this morning, and even this morning there was a news article about how CMS has a gun problem. Charlotte, North Carolina has a gun problem that has infiltrated our schools. CMS didn't create this problem and CMS doesn't maintain this problem. So we really need to be seen, we need to be in this together, that our community enriches our schools and our schools enrich our community. And if we don't have that reciprocal relationship between our school our public schools and our community that none of this is possible and I think sometimes people who either don't have kids in public schools anymore or choose to send their children to schools outside of the public school system those are great choices and those are fine but you you still have stake in public education you still live in this city and this city that you live in is still a product and only as prosperous as your school system. And so I think that the more that we understand that we are, we're in education for your kids' lives and to help enrich our city and our community, the more that you dig into that and know that our best interests are also your best interests and your best interests are our best interests, um, our students are the only people that can benefit. And so I think there might be media that says that teachers in community are in opposition, but we're not. We need you. We love you. Um, and your kids are why we do what we do. And we couldn't do it without you. After the break, we'll be back with more of our regional teachers of the year.
0: As our final word this week, we'd like you to hear directly from our regional teachers of the
7: year. Education is community and education is relationships. So for parents, I want you to know that we love your children, but I think almost more than that, we respect your children. And in turn, we love and respect you. Just know that we are here for your children and we are here for you. And if you have questions, ask us questions. Um, If we come to you, it's only because we're trying to find out how can we best support your student, because your student's success is your success, is our community's success, is our state's success. I think it's also very important for our educators to know that no is okay. That it is okay for you to not do everything. It is okay for you to have good enough sometimes. And that doesn't mean bad. We are on the same team and we're building community and educators are giving their all every single day and they're exhausted, but they come every day because they love the students and they love the families. If we all want
8: change, then we have to put a demand on Society, We have to put a demand on every part of it, not just one. So for teachers, we've had a lot of demands put on us over the years uh, for the well-being of our students, and we've done the best we can to, to, to meet those demands. I have to put a demand on myself as a parent because it's not just the job of the teacher to educate my child. That is my primary job as well. As businesses, we are growing their future workers. Are they pouring into our students not just financially but opening up internships and opening up opportunities by opening up their doors and, and their industry so our kids have exposure like are we putting the demand on every part of the community on every part of the society because every part of our society benefits from well-educated well-rounded whole healthy socially emotionally balanced children so every part of our society owes them something. And so we need to put a demand on ourselves and on everyone else to say, hey, guys, let's get together and let's do what we can to help our children.
6: And this is, is speaking to those um, folks who um, you know, might be looking for a career change or might be looking to start a career um, know come join come join us come come work alongside of us even if it's not even if it doesn't look like going to get your teaching license um, maybe it looks like becoming a substitute or a volunteer in your child's classroom but but partner with us we would welcome you with, with with open arms into this really important and meaningful work that we do. And last but certainly not
0: least, Eugenia Floyd, um, who is our state teacher of the year. I'd love to hear your final words, Eugenia.
9: I first wanna to speak to the leaders of North Carolina and these could be legislator leaders or leaders within the field of education. I think it is very important or, you know, leaders that are making decisions around education. I invite you to the classrooms of North Carolina. I invite you to follow and watch our teachers working hard across the state, giving their absolute best. Um, swallowing their own personal struggles, their own personal sacrifices, and putting it all on the table for kids each and every day. We want you to see what's going on. We want you to be there with us so that you have an even greater understanding of what what we're experiencing, the joys, and even some of the things that are needed as well. Um, And to my community, when I think about the community, we know that the school is, like I said, it is the pivotal point it is the place uh, it is where everything can happen for our community where everything begins for what is going to become businesses and what is what's going to become future educators of our our, of our communities Um, it is a critical place and for my community and for our business owners and our mayors and our our all of our public officials i i also encourage you to show up as well You know, these are places that you are investing in. I want you to bring your genius into my classroom, and I want you to tell kids how great your job is, too. Every child in North Carolina and in the United States has the right to see themselves in their education and in their curriculum, and they also have the right to be able to have opportunities to see what they could be.
0: Thank you for taking time with us to learn and think about education. That's all for today, and we'll see you next week.